Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Well, hey there, Sarah. How is it going over the pond? Things are okay, all things considering. Yes. Yeah, we are not bad. In a global pandemic. <laughs> we are, we are. That that thing is still happening, although um, clearly news of a, um, of a vaccine yeah. has, you know, peaked some hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, there's actually some exciting stuff on that front for sure. Yeah. I know, and it's still like, you know, you think... Is it really that, you know, are we being sold a bill of goods here? Is it really coming mm. out that soon? What would that look like? But even still, a little bit of hope these days is, is not a bad thing. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, you do kind of think, don't you, about the speed of bringing a, a vaccine in. And actually, I know that a lot of people are questioning how reliable is mm. that? Um, how safe is it? Mm-hmm. Is it really going to pass all the testing? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of discussion about how much money people stand to make. Mm -hmm. After all, there are 7 billion people on the planet to vaccinate. (laughs) In in short order, yeah. Yeah, which is no mean feast. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I think from my perspective, from the physician side of things, I think this is actually what is possible if we put our minds to it. I I think Mm. um, because there's a global interest in a vaccine, it got us going quickly. So I don't think the steps are rushed. I just think that we're excessively slow when we don't have as much interest behind it. So it's amazing how sometimes it can take years to develop vaccines for other things because we just don't care enough. We just don't put the fire under the ass, you know? Yes. And also the bureaucratic steps, right? So if something is approved on December 11th, then the very next day, they're going to push the vaccine out or December 10th or so forth. So I actually see, and I I think it's scary for sort of the general public, but from a science background, I think we're just seeing what happens, you know, regular human pace when we put a little muscle behind it. I'm slightly worried by the comment there, we're just going to see what happens. (laughs) Surely that's not... (laughs) <laughs> that's not the basis of releasing this vaccine <laughs> it is true i think i just kicked myself in the ass there <laughs> yeah it's true maybe just need to clarify that for the listeners <laughs> <laughs> it's very true we are knowing what is going to happen at every stage and we are very sure and i i should disclose i have absolutely no interest or any stake in the de- i can't take any credit for the development of any vaccine but as an armchair commentary i would say uh Somebody knows what they're doing, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sarah's still like, no, nah, I, I have no faith whatsoever. Okay, so okay. I'm going to step down from the role of spokesperson for this, this vaccine effort. <laughs> Just, I think you might need to. I don't think you're on uh, Pfizer's list of uh, media correspondent <laughs> for this one, are you? I am I, not an international correspondent, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I promise, though, she is actually a qualified doctor. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, uh, I I question that, but <laughs> yeah, for the time being, yeah. And I should say, too, that, you know, I wax eloquent about vaccines, but everybody knows that really I'm much more interested in sexual and reproductive health. Actually, on that note, I would say, on a serious note, the HPV vaccine, I think my sense of security in vaccines is very, very high. Obviously, I'm a physician. And I've just been so impressed with the HPV vaccine. And that's in my lane, because I have seen rates of cervical cancer and abnormal paps going down. And that makes me excited because I like it when folks with vaginas avoid cervical cancer. It's kind of my mandate. I think I just threw the V word in there. You, you did, yeah, which is absolutely <laughs> fine. That's definitely what they're called. Yes, yes. <laughs> so just explain for the listeners then, HBV vaccine, what does that mean? Ah, oh, the HBV vaccine. Sorry, I think I'm slurring my words. Gosh, who took those whiskey shots this morning? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the HPV vaccine is the vaccine that is offered globally, and there's been a push to try to make it publicly available. But um, we vaccinate young folk to try to get their uh, immunity up f- against the major strains of the HPV virus, which causes cervical cancer and a whole bunch of other things like warts, oral cancers, anal cancers, etc. Oh, I think I just threw the A word in there too. <laughs> <laughs> we are full out on medical terms today. I'm making up for lost time. 
Yeah, so we're actually seeing since the introduction of this vaccine, and then there's a lot of controversy because we vaccinate folks who are young before their sexual debut so that we have the best chance of protecting them. But by and large, as a physician, from my standpoint, I am seeing evidence and good literature coming out that's saying that rates of cervical cancer and abnormal PAPs are going down significantly since we started the vaccination program. Uh, so it's really exciting. Mm. I love vaccines, guys. I love vaccines. I see the great things they do. Anyways, that is on my, that's my soapbox commentary. Well, thank you for sharing, Anna. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, for people who are in doubt about the coronavirus uh, vaccine, then, you know, maybe take some time and just read a little more about it and um, listen to Anna's vaccine advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get them on my soapbox anytime if anyone wants to. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> She's always available for a good debate if you want one. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, how has your week been? Well, it was good. It was a little uh, fraught with uh, adventure. My my cat needed a surgery, a rather urgent surgery. And so uh, we have, me and my, my dude have been taking care of her post-op. So yeah, me and my dude have actually come together in a great way. We're partners in crime with making sure that my cat recovers. So while this was an unexpected event and we were like, oh, could have done without this, we, we're no longer uh, traveling over Thanksgiving because we need to take care of her. But at the same time, number one, uh, very good. We're not traveling. <laughs> I think that's what all the infectious disease experts are saying. Just don't, please don't travel over Thanksgiving. Mm. So we're joining the fight, thanks to our cat. And we're really coming together in solidarity with a shared goal of getting our cat better. So I'm, I'm feeling uh, the glass is half full. Oh. That's been my major thing this week. Oh, well, I'm very sorry to hear about your cat, Anna. Yeah. I hope that she gets Thank better you. soon. She will. And, and our relationship, it's a good uh, exercise for our relationship. We're getting our yeah. muscles in for some, uh, you know, cooperation. Well, it's nice to see you pull together. Yeah. And soon Anna's cat will be back on the podcast for her guest appearance, I'm sure. I was going to say, she she's <laughs> for her Zoom calls, she is, yeah. she's stoned in a box right now. So she's not on any Zoom <laughs> no calls. No Zoomy Zoomy time. No Zoomies. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. You, she'll, she'll get back on her Zoom calls very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it your last week was not as uh, dramatic, I'm hoping. Um, no, mine was not dramatic at all. Good, um, good. In fact, it was so undramatic, I can't really remember what happened last week. It's mm, probably um, a good thing. Yeah, it must have been very undramatic because I can't think of anything that happened. So that's good. That is good. Do you guys have any fall leaves over there still? Yeah, there's still some. Um, we've had some nice bright days, actually. I went, at the weekend, I went to visit a lovely exhibition that they've got on in um, in St. Helier, in the main town here, mm. and went for a lovely walk afterwards and had some nice brunch. So it was a lovely, oh. nice, lovely, bright, sunny morning. Oh. This exhibition, so for any Jersey people, hopefully you'll catch it by the time this podcast comes out, oh. um, was called The Forget-Me-Nots, and it was, it was to do with lockdown, which fits in with today's topic that's coming mm. up, actually. They got lots of children when they went back to school after being out of school for so long. They did this art therapy with them and they created these lovely little flowers and built this gorgeous installation that was hanging up oh. in the Maritime Museum. And they've done a special exhibition. Um, it's only on, it's like a pop-up exhibition on for a couple of weeks. But you went in there and it was all beautiful blue lights with the flowers, all oh. the installation all lit up and... It was very calm and it was a full oh. sensory experience. So you had air diffusers and lovely calm music and just the lovely calm and blue lights and flowers. It was very nice. Oh my gosh. It just sounds so, so incredible because, I mean, as we look back in history on this lockdown, on this virus, on the, the lives lost and the livelihoods that have been disrupted, we are going to look back with... I mean, we're going through a moment in history. Yeah. We're going through an incredibly traumatic and stressful time as a planet. Mm -hmm. And we don't know the full extent and the fallout of this until we get to the other side and, and beyond. And I'm thinking of this beautiful aesthetic, this children's yeah. thoughts and children's emotions through this time, speaking through children and their art and the beautiful, the ambience of that. Mm. That yeah. must be incredible to witness. Yeah, no, it was. It was really mm. nice. You've just sent a chill through my body there, Anna, with that thought about the moment in history and how we look back in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
will certainly have some stories to tell the grandchildren. Oh, Do you remember yeah. when everybody in the world had to stay inside their houses yeah. for months on end? Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll be sitting in our rocking chairs. Yeah, it will be those cantankerous old people who just tell those damn stories. Yeah. And the same one over and over again. The same me. one. Absolutely. Oh, we, well, we're going to have a lot of stories. Every one of us is going to have so many stories and things that yeah. people won't even believe 20, 30 mm. years out. They'll, they'll be like, what? That is unbelievable. Yeah. So guys, we're going through, we are, we are champions. We are all little warriors. Yeah. So that sounds like it was a beautiful activity you did and the sun was shining and you had a warm beverage, a nice fall day. Yeah, it was nice. It was lovely. Yeah, very nice. Ah. So yeah, all in all, a nice chilled weekend. That is the way gorgeous. I like this. Wonderful. And so I am curious, what is popping up in the International Desk of Love? Well, this week we are celebrating our Royal Highness, the Queen, and Prince Philip are actually celebrating their 73rd anniversary. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to say that again, (laughs) because normally you might be used to seeing those numbers in reverse, but not (laughs) that way. So 73rd wedding anniversary. If they were not royalty and they had other options, do you think they would have gone 70? That's a long time. Because usually you're like, okay, 50 years max, and then somebody's going to kick the bucket, please. But but 73 years is insane. I was actually, mm. for some reason, I think, I, I don't know why I was doing this, but I was actually looking up sort of the details of the royal wedding and kind of what mm. happened and what Churchill was doing and yeah. um, and some of the vows and so forth. So for some reason, this past week, I was taking a look at the details, the goings-on 73 years ago. Yeah, well, there you go, you see. Yeah. The royals are very popular around the world, you know, very popular. Well, as Canadian. Yeah, and the Queen, I think, you know, she has done an amazing job. Yeah. Whether you were a royalist or not, I think you can't really take away from the fact that she, you know, had to rule the country from such a young oh, age and is yeah. still there yeah. doing the same job. I mean, she's doing the same job yeah. and she'll do it until, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Till she no longer is. <laughs> exactly. It's in, and the dedication, there's no question, her dedication mm. and her, there's, there's never been a time where she just sort of hung up her crown and said, that's it, I'm taking a weekend off and I'm just going to go and drink at the pub or go out and go to a rave and just let my hair down. She's never, <laughs> never done that. That's really hard to be on, on 24-7, you know? Yeah. And who would have thought we'd be talking about the queen at a rave, but <laughs> hey, oh, that's the podcast, everybody. Absolutely. Can't be the first person who thought of the queen at a rave. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. <laughs> oh, right. I really think we need to try and get back on track. Back on track. Absolutely. <laughs> so what happened in the news? That was their anniversary. That, that was it. So that was the correspondence news is just to say, well done, congratulations. And yeah. um, they clearly are doing something, right? Or sticking together for the monarchy <laughs> well yeah but and i wonder have they had a relationship coach before possibly how do you get through 73 years how, mm. how do you get through without a relationship coach is my question yeah or drinking one of the two yeah both <laughs> <laughs> both yeah yeah 73 years is a long time not only do you change throughout those times you both change and the world changes yeah it is it's quite an achievement so well done yeah that's pretty incredible so I guess to everyone who aspires to even get half that far, <laughs> keep listening. We're going to try yeah. to get you to 40. <laughs> so shall we move along to a hot topic? Yes, let's go. Okay, so the hot topic this week is what have you learned about your partner during coronavirus? <laughs> During the lockdown. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have a laundry list of things. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, what what haven't we learned? Really? The whole nature of our relationships have completely shifted and changed for sure, because we're, we're all under stress. We project different things into our relationship. We interact differently. Gosh, everything has changed. Yeah, it has. So what would you say you've been learning? What are your learnings? Well, I was going to say, I was going to start with you because you said oh. that you had a big list there. So, oh. yeah. Well, I have a huge list and I won't bore the listener with a huge list that would go down to, you know, is it compulsory to take a shower every day? It is not <laughs> actually, funny enough. That's what I've learned. 
So I've learned that the frequency of showering of your partner is a discretionary item when you're in lockdown. <laughs> it doesn't have to happen every day. <laughs> That's what I've learned. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned about, well, my partner and my relationship is that we thrive on being out of the house. And I didn't know that before. Mm. It seemed very idealistic to think, you know, the work from home days before lockdown, we kind of thought quite fondly of a work from home day or of a vacation, a staycation. We thought uh, we gave a lot of romantic notion to that. And I now see that in a new light. And I, and I do see that unless we have variety, exposure to the outside, unless we make a purposeful effort to leave the house and mm. incorporate socialization and new things, we go batshit crazy. <laughs> so it sounds like for you guys you need that external influence just to keep things on a certain level yeah and when we've been learning to kind of I think as everyone has to try to keep to harness the opportunity for togetherness while at the same time making sure that we do have our space so and incorporating mm. space in a in a small New York City apartment is a challenge. And I think a lot of people are out there where they don't have enough rooms in the in their home to be able to, you know, partition out. So it's been yeah. creative use of space and boundaries. You know, when you're working from home, you kind of think you can just walk into the other room and just interrupt your partner at any time. But, you know, I've learned the hard way, Anna, you can't just like have a thought and walk in and, and just say, oh, hey, you know, what about this? What about mm. that? We have to kind of pretend like we're at work. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading some stuff, just doing a bit of online research before we came mm. on air. And um, <laughs> and somebody had said, I've learned that I can't just interrupt my other half when I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> because, because they are actually working and they have got a job to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have to remember it. Like, just imagine that your partner has stepped out at 8.30 and he'll be back at 6. Mm. You know, and same for me. If I'm recording stuff, if I'm doing coaching calls, etc., yeah. is sometimes he'll kind of wander in. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, we really, our boundaries have fallen. And if you notice yourself or your partner getting really frustrated and irritated, it may be a boundary broken. And that that is a very important boundary that I... I needed to learn. I needed mm. to see that closed door as if he has left for the day and gone on the commute on the train. Yeah. So some of the other stuff I was reading about was about how I think some people, and I've, I've had conversations with friends as well, have said they really saw their partner step up and um, mm. take on more responsibility, take on more ownership for some of the things that need mm. to happen around the house. Did you see any of that oh, on your side? So great you asked. My husband has turned into a master chef. I, oh. I never saw it coming. I never saw it coming, but he is just like this exceptional cook. Yeah, he's learned a whole bunch of new things. Uh, now he's fussing over ingredients. Uh, now he's saying, oh, we can't use that. No, that's not a, an acceptable substitution. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, no, he has. He has, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. incredible. But that sounds like a major upside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Really surprising. I didn't see that coming. Mm. And I mean, to be honest, like, I think stepping up was actually the patience. I can see yeah. him stepping up his patience. Because as much as he wants to kind of like, be a puddle on the floor and throw his fists around and say, I'm so frustrated with this lockdown, he's kind of keeping it together. Mm. And that keeps our relationship together. And that is gold. It takes a, a lot of um, strength from him. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen that step up. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Sounds like there's been lots of positives then, Anna. There has been. And we're ready for it to be done. But there has <laughs> been. <laughs> and there, it will not be. We're going to have a hard winter. It's been good, but I'm over it now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it's it's like eating your vegetables. And you crave your vegetables. You, you mentioned if there's not a vegetable. I do. I was going to say, don't uh, don't be dissing vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> don't diss your vegetables. Yeah. I'm thinking about when we can leave again and we're armed with a lot of these new skills and new boundaries and new respect for each other. I think that like going out will be a dream. Oh my gosh. Mm. Can you imagine being able to like go outside, go outside, meaning uh, maybe go to work in an office or, you know, go to a, a restaurant. I mean, here in Jordan, yeah, no, the US is. Yeah, things are slightly tighter over there. And I know in the UK yeah. as well, I've got lockdown. It's slightly easier, I think, in Jersey, because we did have that period of total lockdown and um, only going out for 
daily walks and for essentials. So we did suffer that um, back in March mm-hmm. for two or three months. Feels like a distant memory now, but yeah. gradually things did return to normal. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's been interesting. Some of the things that have come up for people have been, you know, quite similar to the experiences that you're sharing. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of people have really found this newfound admiration for their partners mm-hmm. because they've heard them in a in a work environment, but from the kitchen table, and they see like a whole different side of their partner. Yeah, it's been slightly different for us because yeah. we don't live together, so I've not had that exposure. But certainly talking to friends, that's been a constant theme that's come up of of actually I realized kind of how great they are at work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Actually, I don't even know why we haven't gone there. Hell yeah, it's dead sexy. I hear my dude and I'm like, whoa, look at, listen to you taking your meeting. Oh my gosh, you just sound so authoritative. Wow. No, you're right. What am I saying? It's dead sexy. Such a turn on to hear him at work on his meetings. What am I saying? Yes. Can't believe we didn't talk about that earlier. Thanks for that. Yeah, no, it's true. (laughs) But then I have to stay out of the room because he's still at work. (laughs) Yes, indeed. No interruptions. (laughs) So what else are you seeing or hearing uh, in terms of learnings? Yeah, so other things, I guess, that relate back to the, um, just what you were saying about your cat there and how you've come together Mm. to handle a crisis Mm. and a situation that you weren't expecting and you've come together and you're really focusing on how do we share this this challenge together I think there's been a lot of that that's really come through in relationships where particularly in the early days where people were homeschooling and mm. and you know there is a chance that it's going to go back to that and we've just said in in the US and yeah. New York that's going to be Close another to um, another challenge for, for parents to face and and I think when you're faced with that you know especially you're in accommodations not that much room the logistical Mm -hmm. side of it as well as holding down two jobs as well as trying to educate a couple of kids like all at the same time I think it has been incredibly testing for people but there's a certain amount of um, satisfaction I guess when you come through that other side there is that kind of like wow we did it we made it through (laughs) how good are we yeah and you know that pulling together and just working together so yeah, so I think it's really helped people to join forces and and just deal with some of those challenges that have been thrown their way. And I think that's strengthened relationships. Yeah, I agree with that. And on the flip side, there may be folk who are not liking what they're seeing in terms of traits or behaviors that are coming out. And, and it's hard to see that as an opportunity, but it may be seeing somebody under this type of stress mm. and then seeing how they respond uh, it may be a gift to see that sooner rather than later. I mean, I, I don't want to, we always want to shed a realistic light. So I think that there's been a lot of positive learnings. A lot of people have really grown stronger through the uh, the test of this time. If there are people who really are very concerned about what they're seeing in their partner, then maybe it'll, uh, it's all about having clarity. And if, if you're needing to make a decision or needing to lean into communication, counseling, coaching, et cetera, or if you're thinking about ending a relationship and there's something that's been revealed to you by this lockdown time, maybe that also is an opportunity as well. Yeah, I think there's definitely been some acceleration of situations. So where there've been Mm. some challenges and there's that realization that things aren't going to change unless we Mm. do something about it or make some tough decisions. I think that this situation has definitely shone a light on mm. some areas that aren't working very well. And it is, I know we've talked about this before, it is like a gigantic extended Christmas break yeah. with your in-laws that you have just had enough of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually overheard somebody, I don't know if it was on the subway or something. No, it wouldn't have been a subway, but I think I overheard somebody in the parks talking about divorce rates. Mm. So it's on people's minds. People in the general public are talking about, hey, did you know that there's actually increasing divorce rates because Mm. of lockdown? And we we covered that early on, I think, in April. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And I think there's definitely, there are the two extremes, I think, in terms of, I guess, with any situation, there's always going to be people that are going to fare well and and those that aren't. And I think there are some, some great extremes of people actually say no this has been the best thing for my relationship Mm. it's really brought us together and on the opposite extent is people or the opposite end of the spectrum anyway Mm. is you know people who've just said actually no this is this is the final straw I can't do this any longer but that is a gift because where we as coaches see people really struggling is when they don't have the clarity and they Mm. don't know what to do yeah if you are reaching clarity 
even if it may be a difficult decision, even if something heartbreaking is on your horizon, in our experience, it is a heck of a lot better than really not knowing or waffling back and forth or thinking Mm -hmm. one thing one day and the other thing the next day. So if lockdown has given you clarity, that is the biggest ingredient for a powerful decision. Yeah. It's certainly been a, um, a gigantic social experiment. It's it's huge. We're all learning around the globe. We're all learning. We're learning about ourselves. We're learning about our partners, our children, our friends, our uh, careers. There's been so many people who have taken big shifts in their in their careers, uh, learned to do other things. I speak to a lot of musicians who have now fully learned to do virtual recordings of uh, vocal and instrumentals. And there's there's full-on ensembles that are getting really good at, at putting out music online that's been recorded virtually. Yeah. Um, so we're all doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, I saw an artist actually on um, TV at the weekend and he was saying that they have recorded a whole album. Yeah. I think he was in San Francisco, his band were like full-on orchestra band were in the UK and um, the person producing it was in Texas Wow! (laughs) so it was like you know proper split and they said obviously 10 years ago that wouldn't have been possible so I think technology has really helped us not only from a kind of work and I know not everybody's been able to do this but there have been a lot of people that really benefit from being able to work at home Mm -hmm. who may have otherwise have have suffered even more job losses than we have already so I think you're right people have turned to creative new ways to do things and to just embrace a new way of living yes yes I think that sums up what I've learned yeah I think one of the biggest things is um, and you touched upon it a little bit is around priorities and what's important Mm. and I think that's something that's really come out and even if you have experienced it in a in a negative way in your relationship it still has helped to identify what is important to you Mm. and what those priorities are you know you said that you you realize how much you enjoy having a life outside of Mm. you know your own four walls together and and being able to experience things and come back together or go Mm. out and experience things together and I know for me something that kind of new I think before lockdown but it's really brought it home is prioritizing your relationship and having time together mm. has been something that's just really been magnified for us I think and you guys in terms of coming together that's that's a tricky thing mm. at times it was yeah difficult very difficult and you have already talked about how you already know that quality time is really important, that things yeah. start to fray at the edges if you are not getting that quality time. And again, we've talked in prior podcasts, just sitting together for Netflix and chill is not usually quality time. Yeah. But coming together and making that concerted effort, it's taken a lot of juggling for you. Yeah, it has. Especially the split families. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's just, I think the step change for us is, we kind of knew it before, but now we really know it. Mm-hmm. But now, not only do we really know it, we actively put steps in place to avoid going down that rabbit hole of mm-hmm. not having time together and not being able to prioritise stuff. So, mm-hmm. and it is always a balance. And anybody out there who's got split and blended families will know the challenges um, that I'm talking about. So, it is difficult, but equally it is just so important. Mm. And it, I think lockdown's really brought that home for us. Oh, yes. Mm. That is really, really cool. I feel quite calm now, quite yeah. chilled. Yeah. I'm hearing that there's serenity that has come from hardship, that there is a peacefulness in a realization together that has come from working it out and all the mess of working this out and all the realizations. Realizations Mm. never come from lack of challenge. We always have to be challenged. And then we realize that we have to sort of pull something together, change something, modify something. And then we can reach this serenity in terms of a functioning together. Yeah. Well, when you're really close to something or you're in the middle of it, it's really difficult to learn a lesson from it, isn't it? So, Mm. or even know what to do sometimes, which is why we get some of the reactions that we have Mm. as human beings. And, you know, Mount Vesuvius erupts because we're in it, we're in the thick of it, we're in the eye of the storm and we don't really know what's happening. Mm. And I think there's been a lot of that um, over the last few months. Mm. But as people, because now we're in more of this wave of, hardship and then kind of a bit of a lull and then Mm. something else kicks off and Mm. you know certainly kind of seen it in the UK where people have 
gone into lockdown, come out of lockdown, had restrictions eased then mm. going back in to having heavier restrictions mm. and you know we've got the uncertainty about winter and things coming up and but there's this definite kind of wave that's going on in, in mm. terms of learning and understanding and growing and changing and I think that's pretty much how life is really isn't it mm. but when you go through those really tough times that is when you can really learn so much about each other mm. and about yourself that help you and start to build some resilience for the future. Mm. Wow, yes. Mic drop. (laughs) In many ways, we're thankful for these times. It sounds really ridiculous, but there's probably nothing else that would have kicked us into this realization. Yeah. The key thing I think that has come out is just what is important and, you know, that human connection and being with the ones that you love and being able to spend time with the ones that you love Mm -hmm. is just so critical. Well, for those who like a little lessons, a little bitter medicine, there'll be a little bit more to come (laughs) this winter. Uh, Just in case you haven't learned enough, we're all going in again. (laughs) If you didn't listen the first time, it's heading your way. (laughs) Yeah, so there'll be a little bit more clarity, more lessons, more opportunity, I guess. More whiskey as well. (laughs) More wine. I was going to say, if you want to punch Anna in the face, I'm telling you that there's some opportunity coming your way. Just go for it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. I can give folks my address if they're like, look, you've just got to stop with that. Stop with the opportunity, will you? Yeah, hate the opportunity. I can't see it right now. (laughs) Don't want to. Exactly. You can't make me. Yeah, yeah. So... Are we ready to take a look at this week's question, do you think? Yes, let's do that. I'm very yeah. excited and very a little curious. <laughs> okay, so this week's question is, my partner is super clingy and always wants to know where I am and what I'm doing. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I don't either. Good luck. All right. That was a nice podcast. (laughs) Well, good job. The first bit was extended. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The second part, I'm like, I don't know, clingy partner, that's hard. (laughs) It's a really hard thing, isn't it? Like, the thing that springs to my mind is feeling, I think I would feel quite claustrophobic at that. Oh, yes. Oh, you know, um, it makes me think of the kids, you know, when they're like two and they're <laughs> clinging Hanging on to on your to ankle. Your yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're trying to carry on with like your daily life and you've just got this oh. cling on that won't let go. Oh, my, that's how my mom describes us. So my mom had four <laughs> kids and we were just these little snotty, clingy, <laughs> screaming, crying, demanding little shits. And that's exactly how she remembers us, was these little parasites that would just kind of follow her around and scream at her (laughs) yeah and we don't grow up we don't grow up then to have a partner who is (laughs) who makes you claustrophobic but okay in all honesty Sarah be honest with me would you say though that you have experienced being on the receiving and the giving side of this clingy situation because I'm gonna say I have been both clingy and clinged onto for sure Hmm, I'm trying to think if I've been I know I certainly don't, I don't do very well with clinginess. Mm. I mean, everybody wants to feel connection. You want to feel together. You want to feel like you're spending kind of nice quality time together. We've just kind of discussed that for the last 20 minutes. But that whole clinginess, somebody always needing to be there, always wanting to be there. I just, I don't think I Mm. I wouldn't fare well with that at all. Yeah. Well, what's the underlying emotion that from clickiness, right? I mean, what is... A person who's clingy, what are they feeling? Insecure. Mm. So they insecure. They don't know, you know, I would say they don't really, not able to recognize their own feelings, um, mm. wants, not able to satisfy their own needs and requirements. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a healthy relationship is where you can exist together, but apart. So you can, you know, and, and again, Again, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, but you can exist independently, but you're connected by something that's great and that. So mm. there's something that's great and that. That means you're in a safe, happy environment. You don't, there's total trust there. You mm. um, you feel safe and you can share your feelings quite freely. Mm. I think when you're in this kind of clingy stage, and I'm trying to imagine what it's like if you're on that side, it must be quite difficult because... Not only are you going to 
it's almost like your body takes over, your mind takes over. So they, it's, and I'm trying to kind of put myself in their position. Mm. So if I'm in that position, I'm thinking, well, I can't exist without you. Mm. I don't know what to do when I'm not with you. I just want to be with you all the time. And then also there's going to be some sort of cycle or some sort of loop that then goes on where you must start to feel then unhappy with yourself because you feel like this. So there's kind of like a vicious cycle that goes on, I think. I mean, speaking from somebody who's been clingy and clinged on to, so in the relationships when I've been clingy, I have felt this relationship makes me feel so good. And then, of course, we get addicted to the honeymoon phase Mm. because the honeymoon phase is always really intense. There's lots of like just like raging great sex, lots of like, you know, those weekends where you just don't get out of bed and you're doing everything together and I want to meet you. I want to know everything about you. And you get really addicted and accustomed to that. Mm. And you're like, oh, this is the way it's going to be. But the honeymoon always goes away, guys. It always yeah. goes away as this kind of saturation point where you're kind of, you're like, oh, I know I know enough about you now. And then as this, <laughs> the other person sort of departs and you're still, you're addicted to having that that constant presence and validation mm-hmm. and that person around you. So when they're that not- dopamine high. Yeah. I can, I can see you becoming increasingly more uncomfortable even <laughs> hearing about this, but yeah. And so, so I feel that when I've been the clingy person, when that person is not around me or giving me that validation, I don't know what to do with my emotions. And mm. I don't know how to get that emotional soothing and I freak out. And then I start blaming the relationship and I'm like, come closer to me, come closer to me because I need to feel that, I need to feel all those good feels because I don't have them myself. I don't know what to do alone. And that's that cycle, isn't it? So you go through this cycle of, I just want to be with you. This is how things yeah. should be. I just want to know everything. I just love you so much. Yes. You complete you me. <laughs> <laughs> Worst movie line ever, guys. Worst movie line ever. <laughs> and every time Anna says that line, I literally think of people in two matching drag suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, this is a tough question, I think. But you you raise awareness, uh, the cycle that you said that there's some sort of awareness that you're clingy. And I have to say, as my recollections of being the clingy person, you're not aware of being clingy. You blame the relationship. You say, why can't you give me this stuff? Why are you going away? Mm. Why don't you want to spend more time with me? I need this time. So we are not insightful. We blame our partners for not giving us that emotional security and constant presence And I think the lack of insight is the real issue. Yeah, but was there not something though from a self-esteem point of view where you would then at some point, because I would imagine Mm. if you're in that situation and you feel really clingy that you would then kind of turn on yourself a bit as well. Like I shouldn't be like this, I I should know better, no. Oh, I think that no, insight no realization there. <laughs> and then that's, I think that's the problem. And again, Hollywood sells us these lines mm. that make us think and the bachelor and all these crappy shows that make us think that, and again, I know I've said this a lot, but I just, I'm so furious with a Hollywood ending to a movie is a couple gets together and it's a happily ever after. And you just assume, we all assume they're going to spend every day together in each other's faces, just loving it. And that is a, that is a stark untruth, but we don't learn that. Well, it might be a stark untruth, but I'm sorry, if you take away a happy ending from a movie, you're going to trash my weekend. <laughs> I know. But as long as happy ending, but then you realize that those two folks are doing their own separate thing and they're not going to yeah. spend every waking moment together and with romantic lines. And But yes, a happy ending is very nice. But Yeah, I think what we're trying to say is that it's, it's about understanding reality and not assuming that all of the rom- romance is, is where it's really at because... The reality isn't isn't like that, as we know. Yeah. I think that the insight, that insight to say, oh, maybe I am clingy or maybe I, you know, that self-esteem thing. I think that is actually probably a good thing if it's coming to you. And, and one of the things is, you know, from this podcast, I think we can all remember when we've been clingy and clinged on to. Mm. And so knowing that we've been on both flip sides of the coin is if you find yourself being overly reliant on a relationship to make you feel good you may start to build that insight to say, oh, oh, maybe I do need to start to look at why I'm clinging to this relationship, what I'm needing, what are the needs that I can start to fill on my own and start to get practice with that. Yeah. So what about the listener, though, that's on the other side of the clinginess? Ooh. Because mm. you can't make somebody uncling. 
Um, you can. <laughs> I don't know when the kids were little. I kind of managed to get away from them. <laughs> well, how did you do that? Lock yourself in the bathroom, the obviously. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. So you only women house with a lock, <laughs> and it's the one where like mommy's attending to business now. Yeah, it's kind of a ironclad excuse. One thing that comes to mind for me is if I am that partner and I've got a clingy person in my life that isn't under the age of two, um, <laughs> then I do compassion really, it comes to my mind. So whilst I can imagine and, and I would wholeheartedly feel frustrated mm. if I was in that situation, it can be very easy then to just get quite snappy mm. or withdraw yeah. or yeah limit the amount of Push time away. yeah that mm. you spend together you know I can almost feel the drawbridge coming up mm. I think what's really important is is compassion and understanding mm. and then taking some time to explain your feelings because I would imagine if you're in that situation where you're super clingy you're not able to explain how you're feeling or why you're feeling mm. a certain way and you know from the conversation that we're having there maybe the realization isn't even there to have the forethought to be able to raise the conversation in the first place but if you or on the other side of it and you're really feeling it so you feel claustrophobic then I suppose you've got I want to say obligation it's probably the wrong word but you know you need to raise that you need to raise that with your partner to say when you do x mm. I feel why mm. could we have a conversation about this mm. you know what's coming up to mind is is there's mm. a clingy situation that I'm facing right now where uh, when we go back to my dude's home, mm. it's a place that's that's very unfamiliar to me, where he has a lot of friends and so forth, but I don't know anyone, yeah. uh, or I, I know very few people. And I, so in fact, we were just working this out for, for, I don't know if anybody else is in that boat for holidays. And I'm noticing that I get really clingy, mm. and then I have blow-ups when I sense that he's trying to sort of do his own thing. And then I, I blow up and I'm like, you know, I, because I feel very insecure and, I, and we've had this constant pattern. So we're preempting that and realizing yeah. that if we don't sort this out and I kind of come in with a clingy attitude and he's like, well, you know, why are you relying on me? What was really helpful is to start to put words to our feelings. And so, yeah. it, so just like you say is with that invitation, it allows the clingy person, and in this situation, I'm the clingy person, to start to reflect, what am I feeling? Yeah. When we go to a place where I don't know a lot of people, I feel like a loser. I feel like not cool. And when I feel kind of like a loser and, and insecure, I like to stamp my feet a lot and say, well, mm. you're the person, you need to stay by me at all times because you're bringing me into a, an unfamiliar environment. Well, that's not true. So what I'm learning is, okay, well, Hannah, how do I build my resilience? Because before yeah. I was blindly just, you know, I was unconsciously, you know, relying on my partner to be able to make sure that I'm socially included and, and I'm occupied at all times. Because I just kind of said, okay, well, I'm in your space, so you have to take care of me. Yeah. Well, no, Anna, you've gone traveling by yourself. You can figure this out. And it started to raise my excitement and curiosity for, well, what are the things that I actually can do by myself in this other environment? There's lots of stuff that I can do. Mm. So we're actually going through this right now. And just, I'm starting to see what, how can I occupy myself, entertain myself? And I'm kind of getting these really exciting thoughts in mind. I have never thought of because unconsciously I was always leaning on him to be my support in this situation. And it was constantly causing conflict. So I like that thought is that if you are the person who's being clung on to, I'm thinking of Star Trek, <laughs> if you've got a bunch of cling, if you've got a cling on on you, then just invite, invite in a very gentle way, just like you mentioned, a very compassionate way mm. to start to reflect on, and it, it'll shine a light onto the clingy person. You're right. It'll, it'll start to kick them into the awareness to be like, I don't want to be clingy. I don't want to feel like this. What is the underlying feeling? Insecurity. Yeah okay, well, how do you gain control? And how do you, you know, and the clinged on person can help to, you can start to problem solve together. Yeah. And realize the clingy person has not always been a clingy person. It's a situation. Maybe they were the clung on to person in the <laughs> relationship prior. So yeah, compassion. Oh my gosh. Definite compassion. Oh, thank you for sharing yeah. that example. That is, um, that's exactly what we're talking about, isn't it? So mm. you guys have recognized that there's something that hasn't worked in the past. And rather than going and, you know, banging yeah. your head against a wall and expecting oh. a different result, you've gone, hang on a minute, mm. we've done this a few times mm. and it didn't really work. Let's mm. have a chat about it beforehand. Yeah. 
So that's great. Well done, you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that I was also, I was as the clingy person in the situation, I was passing the buck and saying, no, you're responsible for my feelings. And mm. the turning point was, Anna, you're responsible for your own feelings. Yeah. No one else is responsible for your feelings. That is hard. Very true words though. Very true yeah. words. Oh, so there was a few moments during that example there. One, I literally just wanted to give you a big massive hug and then oh. say, it's fine, I'll come with you, I'll look after you. <laughs> <laughs> but as we know rescuing in a relationship doesn't work either so mm. I also felt immensely proud by the end of it when you've come to that realization and you've taken your own responsibility so well done oh thank you oh Sarah thank you so much yeah it's been a huge process because yeah. this has been a, such a pain point yeah and it does I mean it reminds me of times in the past where I've gone to parties and things like that work parties where you've had to go with your other half and mm. you don't know anybody and it can feel really intimidating and it, it is difficult can be very difficult oh my gosh yeah oh listen I I am also guilty of blasting my dude for what I perceived as being abandoned at a wedding party but really I wasn't abandoned mm. <laughs> I certainly a partner can kind of support you and be there for you but also just you know recognize that there's an opportunity there to maybe go up to somebody and start talking or so forth. And it, it's hard for folks who are really, who find it really difficult to, uh, you know, speak to strangers, maybe there's some anxiety and so forth. But, you know, by, by working it out together and say, well, what is our approach when you go to a party, yeah. go to a wedding, whenever we're going to go to a wedding again, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, a wedding with more than five people at it anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Actually, maybe this is good for folk who who do find parties to be very stressful, but <laughs> well, it's certainly taken away the party problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that is on hold for a little while. Yeah. So while we're having a bit of a siesta from parties and gatherings, maybe it's a good time to, as a couple, regroup on this and say, mm. you know, I notice that when we go into these parties or we go into these scenarios, we tend to have this dynamic and name yeah. what this looks like and you know, we find that there's a bit of a pain point. How can we sort of adjust our approach in social situations or so forth so that we both have a good time? We both feel like we've yeah. had a good experience and we can come out stronger. And Yeah. It's interesting, actually, we did something just recently, me and my partner, where we preempted that it could be difficult. Mm. And we did just that. We had kind of like a pre-discussion. Mm. It was like, right, well, we'll get there early. We'll do this. We'll do that. When I almost kind of like the rules of engagement mm. there was one point during a conversation where I remember squeezing his hand because I thought he was going to elaborate on something that I didn't want him to and then he stopped oh. and I think moments like that really help to bring it together because you you can have this um I mean we talk about kind of shared experience shared connection there can be this connection where you can almost read each other's minds so you know what's mm. going on you know what's going to be said next you know how to stop them without anybody else in the room being aware mm. so you can almost turn it into a bit of a game can't you so you can have like a secret signal yeah you know right kind of times up or a quick yeah. wink and a nod and you know that's your instruction to do something so yeah there's, yeah there's ways you can turn it into a game have some fun and there should always be good prizes at the end. So rather than punishing somebody for not sort of going through with what you said, is rewarding them for any small thing, just like that. If your partner paused for just a sec and, mm. and didn't go do down the same road that he generally does, and if he did yeah. one thing differently because he was listening to you, and you could tell that he stopped himself because he was yeah. remembering you and he wanted to love and honor you, mm. so he... Practice for saints. So what are the treats and toys that you can, you know, uh, shower them with afterwards? Mm -hmm. Positive reinforcement. <laughs> works with my dog, works with kids, <laughs> works with partners. Works with husbands as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Positive reinforcement. No, I think it's, imp it's important to say, you know, afterwards, I really appreciated it when you mm -hmm. did that because I know you know it was something that I was uncomfortable with yeah. or I really appreciate that you left when I was ready to even though I know that you weren't so this yeah it is that recognition and really yeah. celebrating that within your relationship yeah you know I remember a few podcasts ago when you talked about expressing gratitude and so yes. from that podcast I'm what I'm thinking about is to say, I felt so loved by you in that moment. Yeah. I know I saw that moment there and I just felt so loved and appreciated. Gosh, mm. I just feel so thankful for you. 
Oh, I feel all loved up now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess to summarize on the super Klingon, <laughs> all is not bad. And you don't have to buy a fly swatter. No, no. <laughs> That's not what you need. And you don't have to hide in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just having a little chat. It's agreeing some ground rules about mm-hmm. things that work for you. And it's about mm-hmm. pulling together to come up with a solution so that you both feel connected and both continue to feel loved. And you both shine as these beautiful independent creatures with vibrant interests and skills, talents. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Well, it's been quite a podcast. I know. I'm a bit (laughs) stunned and speechless, actually. Yeah. (laughs) I just feel like I'm like, oh, there's some great stuff I can work on this week. (laughs) This is great. Thanks, Sarah. Oh, man. Got your relationship goals for this week. (laughs) I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah glad we could help yeah well thank you for that oh okay well i hope everyone is gonna have a a good satisfactory week ahead go out take a walk if you're feeling particularly locked in and nutters yes and we're gonna be here next week we will indeed not only because we have nowhere else to be but because (laughs) (laughs) not only because we're locked in and uh, can't leave right now (laughs) not the only reason (laughs) one of the reasons but not the only reason (laughs) because we love doing it we love doing this absolutely (laughs) we do and every time i'm thinking of our listeners and i'm thinking especially you know if i if i have a story or so forth and i'm i just love us all being vulnerable together yeah i love us all sharing together i feel like i'm sharing even though we're not having our listeners um you know participate i just i feel their energy out there saying you know i'm feeling that too i'm going through this too i'm hearing a lot of like yeah that's right i have the same thing or aha moments and so forth so well it's the first step to release and shame is to talk about it and realize everybody else is going through similar experiences ah yes Thank you, Sarah. So until next week then, my lovely. All right. Thank you so much. Till next week. I look forward to it. Me too. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.